good morning, everyone. It's Mike with your morning update for December 18th, um, December 17th, rather. Right now, we have uh, markets indicated a little bit higher with the S&P up about 40 basis points and the Q's up about 50. Uh, they were higher this morning um, and have given back some given the weaker than expected jobless claims, which came in at 885,000 versus estimates for about 800,000. Uh, S&P 500 futures got to our 37.10 level, maybe a little bit above it, 37.15. So 37.10 has been obviously the big level of resistance we've been kind of tracking now since, uh, I don't know, maybe around November 10th or so. Um, Every time we've gotten to this level, at, the, at least at this point, we've kind of failed. Uh, in terms of where we are in, in the cycle here, uh, again, I continue to think we're at that five of five wave pattern. And um, I continue to think also that this 3710 level in the futures uh, continues to plague the, um, the index. Now, tomorrow's options expiration uh, 3,700 is the big gamma level, which means we're probably going to continue to gravitate around that 3,700 number. There is some room to rise on on the gamma levels to around 3,750. That wall, that big resistance level moved up uh, from 3,700 yesterday, but still the big level where the most gamma is concentrated remains at 3,700. Our flip zone volatility trigger level inches up to around 36.75. So again, we're getting more compressed in terms of where the indexes are. Um, so at this point, I continue to think that uh, we're continuing to face what could be potentially a, a rather steep sell-off. I don't really think that my view has changed until we until we can successfully kind of break out. Uh, and push well beyond 37.10. I mean, as long as we're in this 37.10, 37.15, even 37.20 region, I think I think the risks are still very high uh, for that for that correction. Um, so I'm not really changing that viewpoint as of this moment. Uh, I mean, it's kind of tight, and I don't like being in this tight range or being so close to having to potentially. Uh, reverse a decision um but that's just kind of how i'm how i'm doing it at this point um again uh you know the stimulus deal is much smaller than what we were talking about when we were trading at 3200 but yet the market has just continued to go up on hopes of a stimulus deal and uh it doesn't really make much sense to me as why as to why that's been the case um uh, the dollar has continued to weaken, even though the stimulus deal is more than half is is half more than half the size uh, it was. And I don't know if I'm saying that, but it was 2.1 trillion. Uh, then it was 1.8 trillion. They could have done a deal, and now we're talking about 900 trillion, 900 billion, I think, in piecemeal. Um, so again, I, I continue to think that the dollar is likely closer to the bottom than the top. I mean, the closer to the bottom uh, than, and closer to a reversal than a continued decline. Um, number one, the one reason is, is that spreads between U.S. bonds and, and German bonds and European bonds in general have widened dramatically. 
uh, we're back to like one and a half percent, which should alleviate some of this pressure that we've seen on the dollar. Um, and, and so that's one reason why I think there's potentially a problem with the equity market. Um, I also continue to think that yields are going to continue to creep higher um, just because the Fed is telling you that the economy is likely to improve at a faster pace. Um, and that's what they said yesterday. And they're not doing anything from yesterday's meeting to suggest they're elongating the portfolio or increasing the duration of the portfolio. They're just going to continue to do what they've been doing, which is really concentrated on the short end of the curve, which is really going to allow spreads to steepen even further in the U.S. between, let's say, the 10 and the 2 and the 5 and the 2 or the 7 and the 2 or the 10 and the 5 or whatever you want to, however you want to look at it. Um, and, and that's usually an indication. Wider spreads are usually an indication of an economy and recovery and should lead to, you know, higher yields, like I've said. Um now, typically, that's good for the equity market, and, and in normal situations, um, I would actually be bullish on that type of scenario. Um, but the problem here uh, is that um, is that in some cases, you know, uh, like in the technology space, the market has already um, made adjustments for. A lot of that growth and they've already adjusted for all those low yields so if yields begin to rise that actually creates a headwind for that group um, and for a lot of those discretionary names that have really also seen big increases um, I, I can't get away from this concept and uh, so I'm just continuing to stick to my guns here a little bit longer and and we'll see. I mean, maybe I'll be wrong. I mean, it won't be the first time it happens, um, and it most definitely won't be the last. But, um, you know, until I get a clear indication of something, uh, which we really don't have at this point, um, you know, I'll, I'll obviously let you know if something changes. But, again, number of stocks above their 200 days at extreme levels. RSIs on the on the Qs and the S&P, I mean, are basically around 70, S&P at 67, Qs just below 70. Um, Put-to-call ratio, very low, historically low, uh, just showing again uh, how much really speculation there is in this market. Forgetting about complacency, I'm viewing it more as just the amount of speculation. There's just a lot of call activity taking place in the market. Um, and option activity is, is, is that of speculation, not of investing, not of fundamental reasons. Um, and uh, the other piece, too, is that if, you know, as I've noted, you know, most of the big gains have come in the after hours, which is also suggestive of, you know, hedge fund and dealer positioning following big days of call flows. Um, so, again, I... It's just it, it puts me in a difficult position because, you know, from a lot of different standpoints, there's reasons to be pessimistic up at this at this level. But at the other hand, it's very hard to fight the momentum that's in the market right now. So that's why I'm kind of like, you know, say, saying 
I really want to see us clear this level in, in a meaningful way. Because if we do, then there is room to rise to 37.70 or so I, I've calculated. Um, but again, I don't want to go out with a call to say we're going to go to 37.70, which is, you know, about 3 or 4% higher than here uh, if we can't even clear 37.10. So um, right now I'm kind of just waiting to see what's going to take place. Uh, again, I, I continue to think that the Fed's message yesterday wasn't – it was dovish obviously, but I don't think it was dovish as, as maybe some – to some people might think or maybe – you know, I don't know what word is to say, but uh, who are newer at this, right? Um, I mean if you read through the – if you read through the plot lines, right, uh, the dot plots clearly, the projections clearly suggest that better growth, better economic activity. Um, and if you listen to his press conference yesterday, he kind of also suggested that, um, you know, there's only so much monetary policy can do at this point, and it's really going to take fiscal policy to kind of go the rest of the way. And so we'll have to see what kind of happens at that point. So that's where we are right now. If you have any questions, as always, please feel free to reach out. Bye.